It's Monday, December 7th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today from the Great White North, it's Jim Gillies. Good to see you, my friend. Good to be seen, Chris. How are you? Doing well. We're going to talk secondary offerings. We've got an initial public offering to discuss. But we're going to start today with Eastman Kodak. And I think for at least some of our dozens of listeners, it's uh, worth pointing out that uh, Eastman Kodak is the company that for decades was the go-to name in film. The actual film that you would put in a camera to take photographs. Back in July, shares of Kodak went from $2 to $20 in the blink of an eye because Kodak got a U.S. government loan of more than $750 million to help produce pharmaceutical ingredients. It has come back down from that, but shares of Kodak up more than 50% this morning because U.S. regulators were looking into the the announcement, the timing of the announcement to see if there was anything improper, and looks like they got cleared from U.S. regulators, and so the stock is up. Yeah, and Chris, you know what? It's actually even worse than you said, because there, uh, they, they, there was a quick spike in, in uh, early August or late July, I believe, up to as, as high, it closed at $33 from, as you said, two bucks. There was a transaction on that date that went through at $60, Um Good on the person who was selling it, uh, the intraday high at $60. Good on the person who was selling it, not so great for the person who bought it. Um, but the, you know, yes, it, as you said, it did drift down back below $10 because there was a lot of um, a lot of controversy, a lot of talk about how the insiders were perhaps getting, you know, windfalls because uh, they'd just given themselves grants beforehand, equity grants, and now the stock is up from uh, stock prices up. That's a bit of a red herring, in my opinion, because the uh, uh, in a lot of cases the the equity grants take years to vest, so the stock price spiking today does them no favors at least until you know they can put their thumb on the scale and move it but uh, there was no indication there uh, as you said uh, they've been kind of cleared today uh, they were there was a similar um, uh, a similar uh, review in September where a law firm uh, with the best name ever I think uh, it's Aiken Gump as in Forrest Gump uh, they cleared executives of wrongdoing the stock is about twelve dollars but you know but the stock has been you know, flying around up and down, and it's 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 all indicative of a what I'll call speculative frenzy. There's no real there there here. There there's some there's some we can we can talk about. You know, look uh, as you mentioned, the uh, Kodak was film. Well, when you go down go down, what is film development and what have you? Like, Kodak is essentially a chemicals company, really. Right. I mean, that's, you know, uh, which is which is important when you were dealing with film. Uh, And so, of course, we've all moved to digital and we take 78 pictures of our dinner every night now on our iPhones. And and so film's kind of been left behind. Um, And so, you know, they went through bankruptcy. They filed for bankruptcy in 2012. They exited the legacy business, sold off a bunch of patents came out in 2013. So I'm kind of stepping back here and saying, what is what is the actual business of Kodak today? And the actual business of Kodak, absent this government loan, absent the insiders who may or may not have put their thumb on the scale when, you know, granting themselves equity cookies, the actual business is one that just burns money. You know, since coming out of bankruptcy, they burned about $630 million, I'd say in free cash flow, but that's the opposite of free cash flow. Um, they, it's just been a company that's been just in steady erosion and this isn't new money the company's not producing cash this isn't new cash that's producing this is a loan it was a loan 
yeah, they get a sweetheart rate from the government, but at the end of the day, you got to pay it back in theory. Um, you know, and so really, like, I would like to see Kodak succeed with this developing uh, chemicals for fighting COVID. Although in a world with multiple vaccines and rapid rollout of vaccines, I wonder how much that's going to matter ultimately. But, uh, you know, if they get it, there's the equity here. I, I, I look at Kodak and say there's too much speculation for me right now. But if the actual business can transition to producing chemicals for pharmaceutical use and they start producing cash, this might be kind of interesting. But right now it's just people playing speculation games. So because the last time you were on the show uh, just a week ago, we were talking about BlackBerry which yes. at one point in time was the dominant mobile phone company uh, in uh, North America and appears to be, after several very rough years, appears to be uh, successfully turning itself into a viable cybersecurity company. So to your point, uh, you know, because that's what I was going to ask you, like, can't Kodak, isn't there a universe in which Kodak successfully pulls off the transition from we were once the dominant name in photography film that industry has gone away largely and so therefore we're going to become a successful chemicals company it sounds like the answer to that is yes but they haven't demonstrated it yet correct yeah the uh, if if you were betting and and full disclosure i am betting on uh the transformation and turnaround of blackberry um if you were betting you have had a lot of time to get in <laughs> okay. Okay. You don't need to time um, this one. Right. Yeah. No, you, you, so if Kodak is successful in their transition, and again, I, I, I kind of think the, the announcement of the loan, they've now been vetted and, and cleared by two different, uh, two different bodies, independent bodies. Um, management, like I said, they have equity cookies that don't vest yesterday. They, you, you, they've got to work for a few. I would like to see them pull it off. And if they do pull it off, Probably for even from here, eleven, twelve dollars a share today, you'll probably do okay. But you've got time to watch. You don't have to get in today, or probably this year. And if the BlackBerry model uh, is is indeed a model, you probably got a few years to to worry about this one. So interesting to watch. Speaking of things to watch, Airbnb is going public on Thursday. Uh, they had set the price range for the stock when they started doing their roadshow at forty-four to fifty dollars a share. News out this morning that Airbnb, presumably because of uh, an overwhelming amount of interest they've gotten to this point, they've increased their price range on the stock. It's now fifty-six to sixty dollars a share. There's absolutely the possibility uh, on Wednesday we get news that it gets ticked up even higher. Um, put aside for the moment what's going to happen on Thursday. The business of Airbnb, is that one of, that is of interest to you? It's of interest to me. Um, it's probably not one I'm interested in owning for a while, but to be honest, I generally avoid IPOs anyway. Uh, I, have a, I have a deathly allergy um, to, to going after what's popular. Um, you know, usually if something's hot, you see me running in the opposite direction. So, and that's you know, something I struggle with every day. Um, but you know the i believe the ipo i don't have the article up in front of me but i believe the ipo uh selling between 56 and 60 dollars values the entire company somewhere north of 42 billion that is correct okay and they're only offering about three billion dollars worth of stock 
Um, so the re insiders are holding on to the rest of it, I'm sure, to dribble it out later uh, or otherwise realize value. Uh, and that's fine. Um, but there is going to be a lot of demand for this. So you, you say you want to avoid what happens on Thursday. I'm going to tell you what's happening on Thursday. It will close higher than 60. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'd be willing to bet a lot of money on that particular prognostication. Um, but the the business itself, I think, is interesting because if you if you look through the S1, and I took a, an opportunity to glance through the S1 uh, this morning, uh, that's the filing document with all the prospectus and numbers, and you know they shine up the company to look to, so investors can look at it and, and see what's what. Um, you know, this was a nicely growing business, uh, cash generative, which for a lot of these businesses in this time that we're in a time, I think it's fair to say that the markets are enthused about pretty much everything we throw in front of them right now. Um, you know, regardless of quality. Um, so Airbnb is a higher quality name, in my opinion. Um, they, uh, they were nicely cash generative heading into 2020. Uh, year to date, 2020 is a little bit of a different story uh, for obvious reasons. But um, you know, if you if you believe that the pandemic is finite and you believe that the pandemic has a has a, an end that is coming sooner rather than later, uh, I think uh, it's fair to say people are molten to travel again. Um, and I think uh, I think you can make an argument. I certainly will make an argument that uh, Airbnb doing an Airbnb is actually um, in some cases can be quite preferable to traditional holidays or of course you don't want to stay like uh, we're, we're going to Calgary uh, the week after Christmas we're going skiing like we always do and um, we, I, we usually stay with friends uh, we're not doing that we, we are renting an entire house through Airbnb um, you know where we can basically self-isolate on our own and then just go skiing on the ski hills um, so naturally social distance sport um, so I think that uh, I think the um, I think the business here is interesting and there are signs it's pulling out. But you know, the fact that the investment bankers are saying, Hey, you could, you could bump your price. Well, I mean, look, I'm, I'm pretty agnostic about that because you know, that, that's, that's the, that's the banker's job and they, you know, their job is to get the most money for these shares, the mo most possible. So good for them. I, I, I would, I would, I'll get, I'll hold up uh, beyond meat as an example where, I think the IPO there priced at twenty-five dollars, and within uh, within a month it was two hundred dollars. And boy, if I was Beyond Meat, uh, I would be a little irritated with my investment bankers there because you guys left money on the table. <laughs> so you know, I, I I'm interested to see what happens here. Uh, I I I like the service, personal use. Um, I imagine it will be expensive, but uh, you know, I, I don't think that's a surprise in the present market. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think it's, I, I, it, it's one that I'll be very interested in watching going forward. Yeah. And it's just sort of the, I, I don't begrudge anyone for this, but it's the nature of, uh, the media that, uh, you're seeing a lot of stories of Airbnb and DoorDash both being name checked because before the end of this calendar year, those are the two biggest name companies that are going to go public. So I understand why that happens. I just think from a an underlying business standpoint, one of them is much more attractive to me personally than oh, the yeah. other, and it's Airbnb. Yeah, I was going to say, and it's not DoorDash. And it's not DoorDash. <laughs> Our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com. Question from Scott in San Diego. He writes, I joined Motley Fool Stock Advisor back in March and have been loving my picks based on the information shared by your team at the Motley Fool. Thank you, Scott. We aim to please. Um, he writes, a few months ago, I bought shares of Twist Bioscience 
and the stock has doubled since then, last week they announced a secondary offering. Twist Bioscience is not yet profitable. Are offerings at this point of the business cycle common to fund their growth, or can it be seen as a sign of distress? It's a great question, Jim, and Scott sort of gets at uh, the the one-word question that always pops into my head whenever I see the headline, Company X announces secondary offering, and the question is, why? <laughs> Because like, there are really good reasons to do a secondary offering. And there are, to, to his point, uh, there are also times when the reason is distress. Yes. And in this case, uh, I, I was going to say the answer to his question, or both versions of his question, is yes. There are reasons to, uh, happy reasons to do secondaries, and there are uh, unhappy reasons to do secondaries. The unhappy reasons generally being, we will die without your money. Um, and those types of companies, you, know, you probably want to stay away from those. Um, now, I don't know anything about Twist Bioscience. I'm not a biotech guy. Uh, the guy we should have to talk about the actual business is Brian Arelli, who was on before us. Um, they, uh, my, my eyes glaze over at the tech here. Uh, now, they claim to be on the front lines of fighting COVID, and, and good for them. And that's, uh, you know, we wish them every success. Um, but this is a very typical uh, biotech, bioscience company, as in uh, it's cash burner. There, there's no there's no cash happening here. Uh, this is the latest in a series of secondary offerings, and I I will predict it probably won't be the last. Um, the IPO'd about two years ago. Um, they raised about 160 million, I think, in their in their IPO. They did another secondary, or they did the first secondary about a year ago. Brought in another 300 plus million. They've now just upsized this one to 300 plus million. Um, and I will suggest to you that this is exactly what you want to see them doing. You uh, you have an expensive stock. You have no means of self-financing yourself. You want to see this company using their stock as currency to raise capital when times are good and at almost all-time high stock price. I would suggest times are pretty good. Um, you know, and so what this is doing is that the company burned. Uh, the company looks like it's burned about 150 million last year. Has about 300 million uh, on the balance sheet. Now it's likely that was a elevated um, an elevated. Uh, cash burn level, but you know, you've probably got two or three years of cash left on the balance sheet at the present burn rate to, to build their business and to develop their products. Uh, you're about to double that. And, uh, you know, that, and it, it, as your cash burn does come down, uh, this, I think this is probably the market saying, you know, this is a great move. The company now has, instead of maybe two or three years of runway, maybe it's got somewhere in five to 10 years of runway. Um, as I said, it's an expensive stock. Use your expensive stock as currency, and that Scott is, I think, why the, the market has reacted so well to this offering. Jim Gillies, always good talking to you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you tomorrow. Baby, baby, Christmas.
Are you ready for a party? Cause that's 